0: May God grant that the words of that song will never be true of you and never be true of me. May God grant and God help us to purpose in our hearts that we will not let that day overtake us unprepared, that we will not let that day and that hour come. That's really what this series of messages has been designed to do, is to stir us and prepare us and help us to understand that that day is coming. That hour is coming, and we need to prepare ourselves. If you've really never done anything about it yet, it's high time you get on with it. The Lord is coming; the trumpet's going to sound, and it's all going to be over very, very soon. So, I want to encourage you tonight. Let's purpose in our heart that we'll never be the person in that song. Brett, that's a new one to me. I've never heard that one before. I didn't know you were older than I was. I, I, I've never heard that. Never. <laughs> I, I, I've never heard that song before, uh, but what a powerful message is contained in the words of that song, what a powerful and and wonderful message. Well, it's good to see you back in the house of the Lord tonight, trust you've had a great Sunday afternoon and that you've come this evening just believing to receive the word of the Lord and ready in your heart to have him stir you and uh, help you more to be more Determined than ever before to be prepared and to be ready for that great day that is indeed going to come. I want you to open your Bibles tonight to Revelation chapter 19. I'm going to let you stay seated because I do want to read several verses. Normally I, when there are this many verses, I don't read them, but this language is just so descriptive and so powerful that I feel like I want to read uh, this to you. So if you'll look in Revelation chapter 19 and I want to begin reading with verse 11. Revelation chapter 19 and let's begin reading with verse 11. I'll give you just a moment to turn there and then I'd like for us uh, to read these verses and let you follow along with me. Revelation 19, let's begin with verse 11. And I saw heaven open and behold a white horse And he that sat upon him was called Faithful and True, and in righteousness he doth judge and make war. His eyes were as a flame of fire, and on his head were many crowns, and he had a name written that no man knew but he himself. And he was clothed with a vesture dipped in blood, and his name is called the Word of God. And the armies which are in heaven followed him upon white horses, clothed in fine linen, white and clean. And out of his mouth goeth a sharp sword, that with it he should smite the nations. And he shall rule them with a rod of iron. And he treadeth the winepress of the fierceness and wrath of Almighty God. And he had on his vesture and on his thigh a name written, King of kings and Lord of lords. And I saw an angel standing in the sun, and he cried with a loud voice, saying to all the fowls that fly in the midst of heaven, Come, gather yourselves unto the supper of the great God. That you might eat the flesh of kings and the flesh of captains and the flesh of mighty men and the flesh of horses and of them that sit on them and the flesh of all men, both free and bond, both small and great. And I saw the beast, the kings of the earth and their armies gathered together to make war against him that sat on the horse and against his army. And the beast was taken, and with him the false prophet that wrought miracles before him, with which he deceived them that had received the mark of the beast. And them, those two, he, those two were cast alive into the lake of fire, burning with brimstone. And the remnant were slain, with the sword of him that sat upon the horse. Which sword proceedeth out of his mouth? And all the fowls were filled with their flesh. Father, I ask you now to speak to us through your word, through your servant. Let the sweet Holy Spirit anoint. Let that power that makes preaching easy, that makes preaching effective... That makes preaching powerful. Let that effectiveness and that power cover this place tonight. I pray that you will anoint these frail lips of clay. And grant to us the ability to do what we cannot do in and of and by ourselves. I just pray that your anointing will fill this auditorium. And Lord, will you open our minds? Will you let the Holy Spirit help us to just open our minds and open our hearts to receive what the Spirit would say unto us tonight? Minister in these next few minutes to your people and challenge us to a closer and a deeper walk with you. And we'll praise you and thank you for what you do. For we ask it in the lovely name of Jesus. And everybody said... Amen. Amen. We're now moving in this series into the final events that are going to end what we call the Great Tribulation. And those events will usher in the eternal kingdom of our Christ. As we move into these events this evening, these, these final two or three events... I want you to take just a few moments with me, and I want to try to paint for us a mental picture of where we are at this time in all of this. I think it's important that, that you have a, a, a mental picture. We, we've covered so much territory and talked about so many things that's going on. I want you to try to enter into this message and where it's going with a mental picture of exactly where we are and what is happening. First of all, the church, the bride of Christ, has already been raptured out of this world. She is safe in the arms of the Savior. She has already been united to Him in the marriage supper of the Lamb. Remember we talked about the things that will be going on in heaven, the things that will be going on on earth, and the things that will be going on in hell. Yonder in heaven, at the time as I'm ready to preach this message tonight, the bride and the son are already united. The great marriage supper of the Lamb has taken place. All of the marvelous splendors of heaven are already open to those that are safely with the Savior. And now we've also seen the beast, the Antichrist. Come up out of the seething sea of humanity. And we've watched him as he has bewitched the world. We've watched him as he gained total power over the political structure of the earth. As he gained power over the economic systems of the world. As he gained power even over the world of religion. And then we've watched the judgments of God as he has begun to pour them out on this old sin-sick world. We've watched the seven seals as they were open, and apocalyptic horses have thundered across the sky. We've watched the seven angels as they've sound their trumpets and all hell has broken loose on this earth. We've watched the seven vials of wrath being poured out. and You remember when that seventh vial was emptied. That an angel cried and declared, it is done. (laughs) It is done. It is done. And now, this is the thing I just want you to see. As you think about all those things I've just mentioned. At this moment, tonight, as we move into this message, the planet is lying in utter ruin and utter chaos. I just try to picture the world as we know it, just literally almost all to pieces. Waters have been turned to blood. A third, of at least of the vegetation on the earth, has been burned to a cinder. The earth is quaking and shaking on every hand. (coughs) The waters are now turned bitter. It is so bad that men are seeking death. You remember we saw the other Sunday, and they cannot even find it. They, they, They try to die, and they can't die. The torment is so great. Sores are breaking out on men from the tops of their head to the soles of their feet, and they're seeking to die. Darkness has gathered over the earth to where men are literally gnawing and chewing their tongues. Hail, the size of anything we've ever seen is falling and destroying both man and beast. The food supply has been cut to one-eighth. Of what people normally eat and normally need. The world literally is in convulsions. The world is literally lying in chaos and lying in utter ruin. And against that backdrop, the martyrs of the tribulation are shedding their blood. Thousands upon thousands are being slain as the Antichrist takes control Babylon the Great is fallen. That represents, remember we told you a couple weeks ago, the wicked system of religion that the Antichrist and the false prophet are going to set up. That wicked system has been destroyed. The economic economic powers (coughs) of the world have collapsed. And the kingdom of the Antichrist is beginning to unravel. You remember that's where we left it a couple of weeks ago. All of these things are taking place. This one that for nearly a period of seven years, what I've just covered covers at least a period of, we, we know at least about seven years. He has taken over the world. He, he has bewitched humankind. He's, he, he's taken over the world of religion. He's taken over it all. But suddenly... With the pouring out of the seven vials. You remember we talked about it. The kingdom of the Antichrist is beginning to come unravel. The kingdom of the Antichrist is, become, is beginning to come undone. But before that happens, before his kingdom in a sense just literally crumbles, there is one last great event that must, that must take place. It is such a significant event that the Holy Spirit had five of the authors of the Bible describe for us in clear and chilling language. What that event is, uh, is going to be about. I don't have time to read those tonight. But it's found in Psalm 2. David describes some of it. Why do the heathen rage, he said. And the people imagine a vain thing. Isaiah in chapter 34 and 63 describes some of it. Joel chapter 3 describes some of it. Zechariah 12 and Zechariah 14 describe some of it. And John the Revelator in chapter 14, chapter 16, and chapter 19. As you look at these, we don't have time to read them, but putting them all together, if we could read it and look at it, what you'd discover is that all of these writers are describing in detail, watch this now, the biggest boldest, bloodiest, and the most brazen, blasphemous war that has ever been fought on this earth. There have been a lot of ugly wars fought on this earth. There have been wars that that have just almost been unbelievable that have been fought on this planet, but there's never been a war, there's never been a battle Like the one that we're about to describe tonight. There has never been a war that this is going to bring to an end. This whole tribulation thing. It'll be the final holocaust of humanity. The final holocaust of humanity is about to occur. And we're talking about what's on your screen. The battle of Armageddon. The battle of Armageddon is about to be fought, the last great the 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 last great bloodiest biggest most awful battle that's ever been fought is about to take place. In fact, John the Revelator in chapter 16 and verse 14, this calls it this. He says, it's the battle of that great day of God Almighty. <laughs> it's the battle of the great day of God Almighty. That battle is about to be fought. That battle is about to be fought. You know, we, we hear a lot sometimes these days. We 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 often speculate about invasions from outer space you know they make movies about it they they talk about it they 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 dream and and they make up all this stuff about us being invaded from outer space well how many of you know that it's going to (laughs) happen you know we are going to be invaded from outer space one of these days but let me tell you it won't be fantasy it won't be fiction it won't be anything Hollywood puts together it won't be anything Disney does the Lord himself is going to step out on the clouds of glory the Lord himself is going to step out from behind the blue skies of heaven and our Lord is coming back to earth again our Lord is coming back to earth again. And in the words of the songwriter, Satan will be bound a thousand years. We'll have no temp to then when Jesus shall come back to earth again. <laughs> Look at your neighbor and say, he's coming, <laughs> he's coming back. 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 He's coming back again. This war, this invasion from outer space. And when it comes, watch this one. When it comes, Satan's empire is going to collapse like a house of cards. Satan's empire is going to collapse like a house of cards. What a day that's going to be day that's going to be when our Lord comes back to this earth again. When he comes, you remember in the rapture, he don't set his feet on this earth. In the rapture, he just gathers us up yonder in the heavens. He just comes, gathers us up there, the trumpet sounds, and he's there to welcome us. But this time he's coming back to this old earth again. He's coming back to this earth again. He is coming back. Our Lord is coming back to earth again. All right, what's going to happen? Here's the stage. The the earth is in ruins. Man is in chaos. The kingdom of the Antichrist, that, that one that everybody just thought was the answer, is beginning to crumble. It's beginning to come to pieces. It's beginning to shake at its very foundations. And suddenly, the Lord prepares the stage for the last great final Event of what we call the tribulation period, the tribulation time. Let's look at what's going to happen. First of all, let's look at the gathering for the battle. Let's look at the gathering for the battle. Somehow or another, all the armies of the world are going to be mobilized for this battle. Somehow all of the armies are going to be gathered together in this one place it is a battle that will signal the end of the tribulation period it's a battle that will signal the end of this roughly seven year period all the tribulation stuff we've looked at this battle is going to signal the end of it all the bible gives us three reasons why they're going together Three reasons. You you say, well, brother, what would gather all the armies of the earth? I thought the armies fought against each other. What would bring all of them together as one to fight against somebody? I think there are three things that will bring them together. I think, first of all, there will be the sovereignty of God. I think the sovereignty of God will bring them together. In at least five distinct passages that I referenced just a while ago that we didn't have time to read. In in those passages, we're told that God himself is going to gather the armies of the nations. The armies are going together because God in his sovereignty is going to put something in them to make them think they need to do this and that they can do this. And they're going to come together for that reason. The nations will imagine in their minds that they're working out their own schemes and their own plans as they march toward ezra As they march toward the great battlefield where this is going to take place. They're going to imagine that, 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 that it's their plan, that somehow they've come up with something And in reality, what they're doing is marching out in God's perfect will. (laughs) They're marching out in God's perfect will to do what he intends to accomplish. You remember what I told you in the very first message of this series? You remember one of the statements I made? It was this, God is moving everything toward one final grand and glorious conclusion. Let me say that again. God is moving today. He's been doing it for centuries upon centuries. He is moving everything. God is moving everything toward one final, grand, glorious conclusion. You know what that tells me in the words of the songwriter? It simply tells me this. God's still running this world. God's still running this world Satan said he thought he could but God said he never would God's still running this world you ought to praise him right there God's still running this world he's still running this world Satan said he thought he could that song been ringing in my ears in my heart all this week in, in preparation for this message well, of course, we used to saying God's still running this world. Satan said he thought he could, but God said he never would. <laughs> God is still running this world. Don't you ever forget that. God's still running this world. These armies are gathering. These nations are gathering thinking that it's their plan, that it's something they've come up with. And all it is is the sovereignty of God Gathering them together for one great climactic event to end the tribulation period. And then I think secondly, not only is it the sovereignty of God that is gathering them, I think it's also the deception of Satan. It's the deception of Satan. In Revelation 16, 13, 14, if you turned over there and looked at that real quick. In Revelation 16, 13, 14, the Bible tells us that John saw three unclean spirits come out of the mouths of the beast and the false prophet. Three unclean spirits. And these unclean spirits will trick the nations into gathering at Armageddon. So you've got the sovereignty of God working in this thing. You've also got three spirits that suddenly appear. And those spirits, under the deception of Satan, those spirits influence the nations to come. That's what's going to bring all the nations of the world to this one battlefield in a united cause. God's sovereignty. And the deception of the enemy in these spirits that come out of the mouths of the false prophet and the beast. And then the third thing that I think gathers them there is the hatred of the nations for Christ. The hatred of the nations toward Christ himself. You read about that in Psalm 2 and Revelation eleven eighteen. 18. The Bible talks in those passages about the nations being in a rage. About the nations being angry. By this time in the tribulation, the nations are raging. The nations are angry. that They're so angry and raging against God. That the idea that they can come together as one and finally whip him. And get all this over. It draws them to the fields and to the battle of Armageddon. So God's sovereignty the deception of Satan and the hatred of the nations for Christ. I actually believe that somehow the nations are realizing their hatred for him as it grows. I think they're realizing that God maybe is up to something and that maybe God is on the throne and now they gather together believing they can whip him. They gather together believing that all of us together under our great leader, the Antichrist, under our great leader, We can do this. And so the Bible says that multiplied millions are going together together. Now get this picture in your mind. Multiplied millions from all over the world. Under every banner, every ensign, every every national symbol, every flag. Multitudes upon multitudes upon multitudes upon multiplied millions. Are going together, together. Listen to the way Joel described it. Joel describes it this way. He says, I will gather all nations and bring them down into the valley of Jehoshaphat. Prepare for war. Wake up the mighty men. Let them draw near. Cause the mighty ones to come down multitudes, multitudes in the valley of decision for the day of the Lord is near in the valley of decision. (laughs) The final decision has come. The final time has come. Joel says multitudes, multitudes are gathering in that valley for what God is about to do. Listen to this. Let let me try to describe it a little bit. I believe the warriors of every nation will pitch their tents on the plains of Ezra Elan. With pomp and splendor, the armies will march to deploy themselves on the fields of Megiddo. Masses of military equipment will be stockpiled and gathered together from every nation. I believe the ground will literally shake with the beat of marching feet. The skies are going to darken with aircraft from every... I believe every air force in the world will be flying in the heavens come to help fight the battle. The skies will be darkened. Amazing new weapons are going to be given to the armies created by the false prophet and the beast. What a sight, what a sight it's going to be. Get that picture now. The armies are gathering from every nation. The air forces are gathering. The, 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 the Marines are gathering. The whatever they're called at that time, we don't know. But they're gathering by the multiplied millions, drawn by the sovereign will of God, drawn there by the deception of Satan, drawn there by the belief that somehow they can whip. They can whip the Lord. And they can win this thing. Then the second thing I want you to notice tonight is the location of the battle. I want you to look at the location of the battle. This is important. Because understanding a little bit about the location is going to help you understand a little bit about what's about to happen. Think about the location of the battle. The staggering dimensions of this conflict, just how big it is is seen by the scope of the territory that's involved in this battle. There are various passages in the scripture that describe this conflict and mention the geographical locations in different terms. But when you put all them together, we come to the conclusion that this battlefield is going to stretch somewhere from Megiddo in the north To Edom in the south. If you had a map of the Holy Land. If you had a map of that area. From the north in Megiddo to the south. uh, Yes, from the north in Megiddo to, to the south in Edom. That is a distance, according to the scriptures, of some 1600 furlongs. Now depending on the measuring system that you're using. And there were two or three back in those days that means that this valley, this, this battlefield is going to be somewhere between 140 and 200 miles long. Now can you imagine what a battlefield this is going to be? Somewhere between 140 and 200 miles long. The valley of Ezra of on the plains of Megiddo, appears to be the place where most of the troops will gather. There's this one place where it seems that the most of the troops are going together. It is approximately 60 miles north of Jerusalem. Watch this now. And the valley that it takes place in is about 20 miles long and 14 miles wide. I want you to imagine a valley. I've been there to Israel twice. I've seen this, this, this valley they're talking about. I want you to imagine a valley, just part of the valley. I want you to imagine an area nearly 20 miles long and 14 miles wide. Now I want you to get this in a minute for where we're going. Well, what, 20 miles long would be from what, here to Martinsville. Maybe. And then 14 miles wide, if you did it by 7 and 7, what from Eden to maybe Sandy Ridge. Somewhere, somewhere about that. Imagine a valley from here to Martinsville, from Eden to Sandy Ridge, a valley where a big majority of these troops are going to be gathered. The great military conquest in Palestine, by the way, this valley, Every they tell us every great military conquest in Palestine for From the day of Nebuchadnezzar to the day of Napoleon Bonaparte has been fought somewhere in the area of this valley. Somewhere in the area of this valley. In fact, Napoleon called it, watch this, Napoleon called it the greatest battlefield that has ever been seen. Boy, did he not know what he was really talking about. He called it the greatest battlefield that has ever been seen. This particular valley where so many, this area of real estate where so many battles have been fought. So they're gathering for the battle. We know the location where it's going to take place. And then the third thing I want you to see about it is the chronology of the battle. I want you to think about with me the chronology of how this is going to unfold. Get the picture in your mind. Now again, I hope you're mentally seeing this. I hope you're mentally seeing it. The armies of the world have gathered. They look like grasshoppers over the earth. They, 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 They look like grasshoppers covering the earth in that part of the country. They literally look like grasshoppers covering the earth. And the Antichrist is doing all he can to marshal his troops. I, I was sitting this afternoon thinking, I thought, you know, I, it's like I can almost hear him. I don't know, he'd have to be using some huge broadcast system. He couldn't just be hollering at the troops with too, too, too much territory. But somehow, he, he's got a system. And I think I can hear him saying, the time has come for us to rule the world. He's trying to pump his troops up. It's time for us to take the final conquest against the Lord and his anointed. He dared to appear on this earth one time and we crucified him. This time we'll cast him and his bands asunder. We'll cast his cords from us forever. I can hear him screaming into his system. We'll deal with this invasion of our planet once and for all. Notice that fool still thinks it's his planet. <laughs> we'll deal with this invasion of our planet. Let's deal with this invasion. I love this one. Let's deal with this invasion of the white robe psalm singers and their Lord. <laughs> Let's deal with them. Once and for all, let's deal with them. He's trying to pump up his troops. And at the same time that he's doing that, watch now, the, 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 the battle's about to begin. I don't know if this is a day or two, three days, four days. The exact time frames, as you know by now, you can't, we can't nail down. But by now, the armies have gathered. The Antichrist is pumping up his troops. The aircraft are flying in the air. And the Bible then says this: Matthew 24:29 let me just read it out of here rather than try to explain it. Immediately after the tribulation of those days, the vials have been poured out, after the tribulation of those days, the sun will be darkened, the moon will not give her light, the stars will fall from heaven, and the powers of heaven will be shaken." While these armies are gathering about the time this thing's about to begin, the the armies of heaven are going to be shaking. The earth is going to be shaken. The heavens are going to be shaken. Luke 21 says and there'll be signs in the sun and in the moon and in the stars and upon the earth distress of nations with perplexity the sea and the waves roaring for the powers of heaven shall be shaken about this time I believe the heavens and earth are almost going into convulsions can you see it can you feel it The earth is covered with armies like grasshoppers. The heavens are beginning to darken. The elements are beginning to shake. And then a great cry goes out. All of this is happening. The heavens are darkening. The earth is trembling. The stars are falling. John suddenly sees an angel standing in the sun. And that angel begins to cry with a loud voice <laughs> to all the fowls of heaven. And listen to what that angel says to every buzzard and crow and eagle, every fowl in heaven. He says, come gather yourselves under the great supper of the great God. <laughs> <laughs> come gather yourselves to the great supper that you may eat the flesh of kings and the flesh of captains and the flesh of mighty men and the flesh of horses and the flesh of all men both bond and free great and small can you can you just begin to imagine that far as you can see the earth is covered with military might planes are flying in the the earth is trembling and shaking the universe seems to be rattling at its very seams and suddenly an angel stands in the sun and calls every eagle and every buzzard and every fowl and every crow in the heavens and on the earth to come come gather we're about to have a big supper wow Suddenly enormous flocks of birds are going to appear. They'll circle and wheel around the armies of the earth, croaking to one another in anticipation of the great feast that is about to fall. The sky will grow dark with their swelling numbers. The sky now is darkened. With the numbers of the birds that are just covering like a blanket. The earth is covered with military might. I don't know what the planes are doing with all them birds in the air. Maybe they're flying above them somehow. And Then John saw something else. And I want to put it on the screen for better effect. Let's just go through it together. Then John saw, and here's what he saw. Keep in mind now the earth is covered with military. The birds are gathering. The earth is convulsing. The heavens are convulsing. They're all gathered in Armageddon. They're all gathered on the fields. And here's what happens. And I saw heaven open and behold a white horse and he that sat upon him was called faithful and true. His eyes were like a flame of fire. On his head were many crowns and he had a name written that no man knew but he himself. He was clothed in a vesture dipped in blood. The armies of heaven followed him. Suddenly another army appears in heaven. Behind the one on the lead horse. Suddenly. In white on white horses. Clothed in fine linen. And suddenly there comes out of the mouth of him. That's leading this army. A sharp sword. And the Bible says that he alone treads the winepress of the fierceness of the wrath of Almighty God. The battle is joined. The man on the white horse in front of the army comes down, engages, marches into that battle by himself. He don't need me and you. Hopefully you're up there on one of the horses with me because I plan to be behind him on one of the horses. Hope you make it. That's why I'm wearing myself out trying to do this kind of preaching. I hope you get there. He won't ask us to fight. We won't have to. We're fighting our battles now. One of these days, he's going to ride down over that valley. <laughs> One of these days, the King of kings and Lord of lords is going to ride down over that valley of Esdraelon. He's going to march into that battle and tread the fierce wrath of the wine presses, the fierceness and the wrath of Almighty God. Watch this. And a bloodbath, unlike anything the world has ever seen, is going to ensue. Come on, Rhonda. A bloodbath, unlike anything that's ever been seen. Watch this, man, I'm done. The blood of animals and men are going to be drained from their veins until it forms a pool of blood that will reach to the horse's bridle and fill that valley of Ezra Elam. What were the dimensions of that valley? Twenty miles long, fourteen miles wide. Don't tell us how deep, but I've been there and tell you it's deep. It's deep, probably. I don't know half a mile maybe can you imagine here to Martinsville Eden to Sandy Ridge a valley and the blood is so deep from the slain it's flowing up to the bridles of the horses wow what a battle what a battle. What a day that is going to be. And as that happens, watch this. When the battle is over, the blasphemous, loud-mouthed beast, the Antichrist, is stricken where he stands. And the false prophet, the miracle-working, windbagged from the pit, the two of them are taken and thrown into the lake of fire. The beast, the Antichrist, the false prophet thrown into the lake of fire. And then the vultures and the birds are going to cover the scene. They're going to come down for the greatest feast they've ever had. And when they do, it will all be over. Satan's empire has collapsed in blood. Satan's empire has collapsed. God still running this world. <laughs> Satan said he thought he could But God said he never would. God's still running this world. Don't you ever forget it. Don't you ever forget who's going to win. And if you're on the other side, you're going to lose. You're going to lose. By the way, all those white horses behind him and all that army, that's the saints, the raptured saints riding on white horses behind the king. That's that's who, that's, that's us. That's us. Go ahead. You ought to praise the Lord. Our Lord, when that battle's over, the birds are eating and belching and burping and It's all done. Our Lord is going to sweep on into Jerusalem with us behind Him. His feet are going to touch the Mount of Olives. It's going to split asunder. Boy, I've been on that mountain. I thought about it. It's going to split asunder, Pastor. (laughs) And the millennial kingdom of Christ is going to be established. There'll be a thousand years of peace. Unlike anything this world has ever known. Still some more things to happen. We'll have to get to that next Sunday night. But there's still some more things to happen. But for Satan and his crowd, except for the one little time he's let loose after the millennium, for Satan and his crowd, it's all over. It's all over. God still Running this world. God still ruling this world. Here's what I want to close with. I want you to go out of here tonight with it in your mind and in your head. It seems to us now sometimes that the forces of evil are winning. If you're not careful, Satan can convince you that we're losing. It looks like sometimes on every hand that evil is arising. We're hearing it now every day. I don't know about you, but the last six months, it's just been amazing to me. The things that I see coming to pass that all of my life I've heard preachers preaching about. The things that that, that, that I used to hear... And I used to think, hey, in the world, and we're seeing it come to pass every day. And if you're not careful, and I'm not careful, the devil will try to convince us that the forces of evil are gaining control. But I want to tell you something tonight. Here's what I want you to go out of here remembering. Satan's days are numbered. His days are numbered. The battle's coming. The last great battle is coming. Satan's days are numbered. Why? I'll use the words of the songwriter again. Because the king is coming. (laughs) The king is coming. I just heard the trumpet sounding. And now his face I see. The king is coming. The king is coming. Oh the king is coming. Somebody praise
1: him in the house. The king.
0: white robed blood washed army on the stallions behind him when he rides out over Armageddon (laughs) when he rides out over the last great battle over the last great battle I want to be behind him I want to be behind him I want to be behind him you intend to be there do you and before we go home why don't you just come right here and let's stand just have a good prayer and just say Lord help me to be ready